Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a conditional covenant as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Down to chapter 5. Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the judgments, that you may learn them and keep them and do them. So these three things, you learn them, you're to do them, and to keep them. The Lord made a covenant with you. Conditional covenant. They're keeping his law. They're doing his commandments. The Lord talked with you face to face, and I stood between the Lord and you at the time to show you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid. And God said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have none other gods before me. And now again, the Ten Commandments are reiterated for us here in Deuteronomy. As they were given in Exodus, this is a repetition of the Ten Commandments And he said, And God wrote them in the two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. And it came to pass that when you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain burned with fire, that you came unto me, all of the heads of the tribes. And you said, Behold, the Lord God has shown his glory, his greatness. We have heard his voice. But no man can talk with God and still live. Therefore, why should we die and this fire consume us? So they commanded Moses to go and listen to the voice of the Lord and come back and tell them, and whatever God said, they promised that they would do. Verse 29, Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. This is God's cry. This is God's lamentation. Oh, that the people would hear me and obey me, that they might be able to enjoy my blessings forever. I'm sure that God laments over us. Oh, if you would only follow me completely so that I could do for you all that I'm wanting to do. We so limit that which God wants to do because he loves you so much. He is wanting to do so much for you. Jude says, keep yourself in the love of God. What does he mean? He means keep yourself in that place where God can demonstrate his love for you. God loves you so much. He wants to demonstrate that love, but you've got to be in harmony with him. Oh, that you would obey his voice. Oh, that you would be in harmony with the plan and purposes of God. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. If your heart is really completely towards God, oh, what he wants to do in your life. Things that God longs to do for you. And so God cries over the failure of the people and thus his inability to bless them the way he is desiring to bless them. So in chapter 6, now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it, that you may fear the Lord thy God and to keep all of his statutes and commandments which I command you. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. 
that it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of your fathers has promised thee in the land that flows with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, this is called the great Shema, the great commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, or Jehovah our God is one Jehovah. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Now when the lawyer came to Jesus and said, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus quoted this, the Shema. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. It is interesting that Jesus quoted from the book of Deuteronomy more than, I think, any other book in the Old Testament. He was very familiar with this book of Deuteronomy. He used his passages when Satan was tempting him. And he quoted often from the book of Deuteronomy. Now this Shema is almost, for the Jew, his, his, his Magna Charta. I mean, it's, it's just... Whenever they, they would get together, they would start to chant this. In their worship and feast services, they would chant this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I mean, they'd really just chant it over and over and over again. But it is interesting. In the Hebrew, there is a word for one which means a compound unity, and another word for one, which is an absolute unity. Now, we might say that we are one body gathered together here in Christ. But we would use the word for a compound unity because there's a lot of bodies here. But we comprise a oneness in Jesus, so there is one body in Christ that is made up of many parts, the compound unity. That Hebrew word for one, the compound unity, is echad. Now, there is another Hebrew word for one which means an absolute one, indivisible one. That word is yakid. Now, as we look at this Shema, the very heart of the whole Jewish faith and religious system, the Lord our God is one Lord. If the word one Lord, the word one there is Yaqid, you can have absolutely no argument for the Trinity at all an absolute indivisible one, and no place for the Trinity. If the word ikad is used for one, you have then a compound unity. Very interesting because you know that the word ikad is used. The Lord our God is one Lord. The compound unity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one Lord, one God, yet 
the compound unity, the three persons of the one Godhead. It's right there in their very Shema, their chant, the foundation of their whole religious system is this verse of Scripture. And yet within it, there is the idea of the compound unity of God. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and soul and might. Now, these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart, first of all. Secondly, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Now you're to talk about them when you're sitting in your houses and when you're walking along the path and when you're lying down and when you rise up and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand that they might be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them upon the post of your house and upon your gate. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land that he swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give you the great and goodly cities which you did not build, the houses which are full of good things which you did not fill, and wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive uh, trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, beware lest you forget the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, or reverence him and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Now, God wanted them to have his word and the thought of God just permeating their very life and their lifestyles. I like it. I think that we need to have more talking about God. Now when you lie down at night, now usually they of course had just one room, the whole family would lie down in the one room, just talk about God when the lights are out and it's dark, just start talking about God and the law of God, and the commandments of the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, start talking about the Lord. When you're walking with your children along the path, talk to them about God. When you're sitting down at the table, let your conversation be about God. Let it be just so much a part. Let it be not just a part. Let it be the totality of your life, just the word of God and the things of God. Bind them on your wrist. Put them in the frontlets, and so they had little leather pouches, and they'd have the commandments in these pouches, and they'd tie them on their foreheads, these little leather boxes with the law of God tied there between their eyes. They'd, they'd wrap them on their wrist. They'd have the little mezuzahs on the door, and in the mezuzah, a little copy of the law on the doorpost. They would just tack it up there. And they do today in the Orthodox homes. They go in and out of the house, they kiss their fingers and touch the little mezuzah, the law of God. It's signifying a love for the law of God. I think that's great. I love it. Write them on your dashboards. <laughs> you know, just surround yourself with the word of God, the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. Let it become just, a, just that vital part of your life, your living. You know, it is an interesting thing in, in Malachi. It says, and they that loved the Lord spake often of him. And God kept a book of remembrances. You know, the, the neat thing about it is whenever you get together with your friends, you start talking about the Lord, the Lord always eavesdrops. <laughs> he loves to hear what you're saying about him. 
And God keeps the book of remembrances and they shall be accounted as his precious jewels in those days. They that love the Lord spake often of him. Oh, that we would just talk about Jesus. When we lie down at night, when we get up in the morning, when we're walking in the path, when we're going places, that we just surround ourselves with the awareness and consciousness of him. Now he warns them not to forget, not to go after the other gods, the gods of the people that are around about you, for the Lord God, again, is a warning, is a jealous God among you. Lest the, the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth, ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him at Massa when Satan said, hey, command this stone to be made bread. Or no, he said, jump off the temple here. It, we'll get to the place in a little while, man shall not live by bread alone, that comes. But when he said, jump off the temple, because it's written, he'll give his angels charge over thee, keep thee in all thy ways, to bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus is quoting here, it's the sixth chapter. He knew it. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. But you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it might be well with you that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers to cast out the enemies from before you. And when your son asks you in time to come saying, what are the meaning of these testimonies and these statutes and these judgments which the Lord God has commanded you? Then ye shall say unto your son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed his signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all of his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might give us this land and so forth. It's interesting to me that God was always seeking to strike questions in the mind of a child in order that the child might learn. So they had many things that were deliberately designed to create curiosity and questions in the minds of the children. God has put that curiosity into the heart of a child and as a parent, use it. Take time to explain to your children when they ask their questions. Don't just brush them off and say, I don't have time. Sit down and answer their questions. God has given them the questioning heart in order that they might learn. Take advantage of it and teach them the ways of the Lord. Now in chapter 7, when God brings you into the land and casts out these enemies that are bigger and stronger than you are, and he delivers them from before you and smites them and destroys them, you're not to make any covenant with them, nor show any mercy unto them. Neither shall you make any marriages with them, for they will turn away your son from following me, that they may serve other gods, and so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and you be destroyed suddenly. But you shall deal with them and destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, burn their gra graven images in the fire. For thou art a holy or a separated people 
unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord did set his love upon you, did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than the people, for you were the fewest of all, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house when you were bondmen in the hand of the Pharaoh in Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenants and mercies with those that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now earlier, <clears throat> we'd skipped over the, the law the second time through because we'd gone through it in Exodus. But in the law, he said for he actually brings judgment upon the third and fourth generations to those that hate him. But now here he declares that he shows mercy to a thousand generations to those that follow him. So how important that we follow the covenants of the Lord. Now in verse 12, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye will hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord shall keep unto thee the covenant of mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. So they are a special people. They, are need, to, they need to be aware of the special privileges, even as you today are a special people unto God. Separate, holy, chosen. And God didn't choose you because you're so good looking or because you were so lovable. But here is the sovereign grace of God in choosing. He chose you because he chose you, because he wanted to choose you, and he has the right to choose whoever he wants. Oh, how I thank God for choosing me. What a thrill, what a blessing that God has chosen me. Now, some people get upset with the fact that God chooses. But you really shouldn't. God has every right to choose who he wants to associate with, even as you have the right to choose who you want to associate with. Why should I deny God the rights that I want for myself? There are some people I don't choose to associate with at all. Not that I'm snobbish or anything else, but their, their lifestyles are just so diverse from mine, there, there's nothing that we could share in common. I really choose not to have any fellowship, close fellowship with people who smoke cigars. I can't stand the smell. <laughs> no, I have that right to choose not to get in a car and be polluted. <laughs> and God has a right to choose who he wants to associate with. That doesn't bother me at all. It thrills me to think that he chose me and he chose to associate with me. That is what really excites me. You say, but that isn't fair if God chooses not to associate with some people. I don't know if it's fair or not, but that's the right that God has and he has exercised that right. And who are you to challenge the fairness of God? You say, but 
he may not have chosen me. Oh, how do you know? Well, I'm not a Christian. Well, why aren't you a Christian? I don't know. I've never seen the need to be one. Well, do you want to be a Christian? No. Then maybe he didn't choose you. <laughs> but don't blame him. You haven't chosen him either, have you? Now, let me assure you this. He has never rejected anyone either. But he sort of leaves the choice up to you. And he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he said, whosoever comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. So if you don't know if he's chosen you or not, just accept Jesus Christ and you'll find out he did. And then you won't argue with it anymore because he chose you and after all, why should you argue with that? We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Deuteronomy on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Deuteronomy 5-7 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep you I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or or, or just dealing with, with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him and that you'll look above the corruption of this world and that you'll be strengthened as we look to him our only hope but who is our strength and our defense this program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa California it is my great pleasure to present Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Acts The Acts of the Apostles is an open-ended book. Jesus continues, even to the present day, to work in the lives of people throughout the world through those who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. This book also includes a special foreword written by Pastor John Corson. We studied the book of Acts, but we never saw the book of Acts. 
but we were seeing the moving of the Holy Spirit. Calvary Chapel family, may you always be known as a people who pray in Jesus' name, that it would be Jesus Christ, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. May the Jesus movement continue on. To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Acts Commentary, please call the word for today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online to read a sneak preview of the book by visiting thewordfortoday.org.